This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters in audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. L1 Capital Long Short Fund, Fourth Quarter, 2021 The L1 Long Short Fund portfolio returned minus 1.7%, net, for the December quarter, as 200i 2.1%. Over the past year, the portfolio has returned 30.3%, net 1, as 200i 17.2%, and LSF shares have delivered a total return of 43%. The portfolio has returned more than 25%, net, in each of the past three calendar years. Despite significant volatility within the quarter, global markets were generally positive overall, with corporate earnings upgrades and reduced contagion risk on the Chinese property sector from a potential default by Evergrande. These more than offset the emergence of the Omicron variant of the COVID-19 virus and more hawkish comments from the U.S. Federal Reserve, Fed, on the tapering of bond purchases. The ASX 200 had a small gain, plus 2.1% over the quarter, with the strongest sectors comprising materials, plus 12.7%, utilities, plus 11.4%, and property, plus 10.1%, while energy, minus 8.8%, information technology, minus 6.1%, and financials x property, minus 2.2%, lagged. The portfolio was impacted by our positioning and reopening beneficiaries and sectors such as travel and energy which were aggressively sold off in November due to market concerns around the spread of the Omicron variant. We were able to utilize the sell-off to add to our positions in selected stocks as well as identify several attractive new opportunities. Equity markets recovered in December as Omicron concerns moderated and investors adjusted to the more hawkish pivot from the Fed. Over the quarter, The portfolio was marginally negative, with broad-based stock gains, 16 individual stock positions contributed 0.3% or more to returns, and a recovery in reopening beneficiaries in December mitigating much of the impact of the sell-off in November. We expect volatility to remain elevated as the market reacts to headlines and new data surrounding the Omicron variant and central bank actions. The sharp rebound in markets over 2021 has meant that we currently see less upside in equities relative to 12 months ago. However, we continue to remain constructive going forward, as we believe the current environment should be well suited to our investment approach, with bottom-up stock picking expected to become an even more important driver of returns. 2021 in Review After one of the most volatile and challenging years of our investment careers in 2020, we had hoped for a more stable market backdrop in 2021. Unfortunately, 2021 proved to be almost as eventful with the emergence of the Delta and Omicron variants of the COVID-19 virus extending the impact of the pandemic and continuing to add unprecedented volatility to financial markets. Given the challenging macroeconomic backdrop, as well as the continued headwind to our investment style, Value in cyclicals underperformed growth stocks for the fifth consecutive year in 2021 and in 10 out of the last 11 years in Australia, we are very pleased to have delivered robust returns for our investors, with the portfolio generating a net return of 30.3% in 2021. We believe there are two primary attributes that have underpinned this performance. The depth and quality of company, industry and macro research carried out across the investment team, and 
The unique and flexible structure of the long-short strategy that enables us to enhance portfolio returns, while providing downside protection and market sell-offs. Company, Industry and Macroeconomic Research Detailed, bottom-up stock research remains the investment team's primary focus and the core driver of portfolio performance. 2021 once again demonstrated the team's ability to identify winners through extensive company and industry research across a diverse range of sectors. The table below provides a summary of some of the largest contributors to portfolio performance over the year, many of which were the top-performing stocks in their given sectors. The table also highlights the number of positions we have exited, refer to the gold highlighted boxes, as near-term value catalysts played out and or the positions reached our view of fair value. This demonstrates our focus on continually refreshing and rotating the portfolio to ensure it reflects our highest conviction ideas, refer to page 8 where we further outline some of our key ideas going forward. Figure 1, Key Contributors to Portfolio Performance in 2021, in alphabetical order. Bed Bath & Beyond, Retail, shares surged after showing strong operating momentum in early 2021, along with a large buyback program and a short squeeze. Exited holding in January, around $45, near share price peak. Cenevis Energy, Energy, recovering oil price leading to improved investor sentiment, consensus earnings upgrades and strong free cash flow generation. Downer, Industrials, strong full year result, high cash flow conversion and sale of non-core assets delivered a PE re-rating. Exited our holding as near-term catalysts had played out. Intain, Gaming, top three position in the nascent U.S. sports betting market, significant growth potential in the core online business, and continued takeover interest. Index, mining technology, global leader in drilling technology for the mining sector. Strong earnings results, far above market estimates, and robust outlook on exploration spending and medium-term growth. News Corp, media, improving FCF profile and very strong operating trends in all divisions, especially RIA, Wall Street Journal, Realtor.com and Book Publishing. Continued efforts by management to unlock shareholder value via improved disclosures, targeted M&A, portfolio and cost rationalization and share buybacks. QBE, insurance, delivery of its best earnings result and outlook in many years. Premium environment continues to remain very favorable. Strong profit leverage to higher interest rates given $28 billion investment book. Tabcorp, Gaming, lottery's performance ahead of market estimates with positive growth outlook supported by game design changes and further digital penetration. Demerger of wagering business to be completed by June 2022. Tech resources, resources, strong operating performance along with rising copper, coking coal and zinc prices. Construction of one of the world's largest copper mines, QB2, remains on track. Telstra, telecommunications, return to underlying earnings growth led by improving mobile segment, cost initiatives and reducing NBN headwinds. Successful sale of a 49% stake in Towers portfolio, and scope for further monetization of infrastructure assets. Exited our holding in December given reduced upside to our valuation. Treasury Wine Estates, Consumer Disc, initially invested after the overreaction to China tariff news, duties of tilde 120% to 220%. Management then demonstrated an ability to reallocate their wine portfolio and adjust for the China loss over time. Position exited at a tilde 50% gain. Wells Fargo, banking, improving compliance and operational performance, 
falling bad debts and progress towards removal of asset cap. Exited our holding in June at a greater than 50% gain. From a macroeconomic research perspective our views are typically formed from hundreds of conversations the investment team conducts with management, industry and sector experts both in Australia and offshore. Over the year, there were three areas of focus, outside of direct stock-related research, inflation, vaccine-slash-COVID-19 and the M&A wave, with these conversations proving to be instrumental in forming and refining our views. Inflation We first flagged our views on rising inflationary pressures in our March 2021 quarterly report after we held numerous company meetings in early 2021 across many sectors with countless anecdotes of rising input costs and supply chain difficulties. We believe there were elevated risks and higher inflation would be far bigger and more persistent than the consensus view and would overshoot relative to central bank expectations. Accordingly, we position the portfolio to mitigate against this risk. The chart below outlines the consensus estimate for U.S. CPI in Q4 2021 and illustrates how forecasts rose from tilde 2.5% in March-April 2021 to tilde 6.5% by calendar year-end as the market adjusted its view that the inflation spike was likely to be far bigger than expected. At the end of November 2021, U.S. Federal Reserve, Fed Chair Jerome Powell retired the use of word transitory to describe the inflation outlook and acknowledged that the risk of higher inflation has increased. The Fed pivoted to a much more hawkish tone over the quarter, with a tapering of its bond buying program announced in November and a further acceleration in December in response to an exceptionally tight labor market and higher inflation risks. As we enter a central bank tightening cycle that may see the first U.S. rate hike in March and potentially three or four rate hikes across 2022, we continue to believe that short-duration, value-slash-cyclical, stocks remain better placed than long-duration, growth-slash-defensive, stocks given that backdrop. Furthermore, we continue to maintain our positions in energy, gold and commodities which have tended to outperform in a higher inflation environment. These sectors remain under-owned and are still trading cheap versus the broader market. Vaccine Recovery from a vaccine perspective, despite the emergence of the Delta and Omicron variants over the year, our research continues to give us confidence that the reopening story remains on track and is not fully factored into market expectations. With the recent emergence of the Omicron variant, we conducted numerous calls with doctors and medical experts to determine the impact the variant may have. Our research indicates that while the Omicron variant is more contagious, it is much less likely to cause severe illness or death. Existing vaccines have also been shown to provide strong protection from severe illness with booster doses further enhancing protection. An additional factor we believe is a game-changer in the fight against COVID-19 is the encouraging data from antiviral treatments such as Paxlovid from Pfizer. Paxlovid has been shown to deliver an 88% reduction in COVID-19-related hospitalization or death in trials of unvaccinated COVID-19 patients when taken within five days of the first symptoms of illness. The treatment should remain effective against the Omicron variant and received FDA approval in late December with Pfizer planning to produce 120 million courses by year-end. M&A Wave We first spoke about our bullish views on the M&A cycle in our December 2020 quarterly report where we thought we were on the cusp of a major M&A cycle not seen since 2007. Our anecdotal feedback from conversations with investment bankers, Private equity investors and M&A lawyers strongly supported this view with consistent feedback of deal pipelines being at record levels. As illustrated in the chart below, 
2021 turned out to be a banner year for Australian M&A and exceeded even our bullish expectations with $450 billion worth of deals announced over the year, compared with a 10-year average of $206 billion. With takeover offers or merger proposals, for Z Energy, Oil Search and Link, the strategy was a beneficiary of the M&A backdrop given our skew to undervalued companies that have strategic appeal. We expect this robust environment to continue in 2022 with our market feedback continuing to indicate a very robust environment for deal-making supported by improved corporate confidence, cheap debt and equity funding, and a supportive economic backdrop. Built-in flexibility of the long-short strategy In addition to the detailed stock and macro research outlined above, another key factor we believe has enhanced performance is the unique and flexible structure of the long-short strategy relative to many other funds. There are three enduring advantages of the strategy that have enabled us to deliver strong returns to investors over time. We are able to adjust market exposure, flexibility to adjust our net long to reflect the prevailing risk-reward of the market. Short stocks, ability to generate returns from both rising and falling share prices, and protect against the downside when markets are falling. Invest globally, access to a broader set of opportunities outside of Australia to best leverage our research insights. Market Exposure Figure 4 below outlines the movement in our net long exposure relative to the movement in the ASX 200 index and demonstrates how this flexibility positively contributed to portfolio returns. We typically adjust our net long exposure to capitalize on market dislocations and periods where we see an asymmetric risk-slash-reward profile. With the market crash in March 2020, we significantly stepped up our net long exposure to capitalize on what we saw as a once-in-decade investment opportunity. We steadily increased this exposure through 2020 as we gained greater confidence on positive vaccine news and improvement in corporate earnings towards the end of the year. In 2021, we increased our weighting in energy and commodities to provide further insulation to rising inflation risks. We maintained our net exposure above the long-term average with corporate earnings expected to surprise to the upside and further market tailwinds from massive monetary and fiscal stimulus, rising M&A activity and continued economic reopening. With the positive performance over the year, we exited several winners and trimmed our net long exposure in December. Our net long exposure remains higher than its historical average as we continue to have a constructive outlook on markets, valuations of equities remain very compelling compared to bonds, M&A activity is likely to remain robust and reopening stocks should gradually recover back towards their pre-COVID levels. Shorting The last few years have been arguably the most difficult market for shorting in the past decade with the market rallying strongly, share prices being dominated by themes and momentum rather than valuation and the growth of speculative retail traders causing extreme prices moves and numerous short squeezes. Despite this backdrop, the portfolio has been able to generate strong performance from its short book. We believe we would be one of few hedge funds to have delivered a positive return from shorting in recent times. This performance has been underpinned by careful stock picking and exiting several short positions near the market lows. Top contributing shorts in recent years include AGL Energy, shares fell 57% during the time were short between April 2019 and June 2021, Pelotone, fell 55% between August and November 2021, and William Sonoma, down 19% between November and December 2021. Both stock and index shorts also play a fundamental role in protecting against the downside during market sell-offs. 
While we will not fully protect the downside in every single down month, nor will we fully capture the upside in every single up month, Figure 5 demonstrates that on average since inception, the portfolio has a record of 0% downside capture in falling markets, and tilde 100% upside capture in rising markets. International Equities The ability to invest offshore allows us the flexibility to capitalize on key research insights by buying or shorting the most compelling opportunities globally and avoiding the limitations of a narrower domestic investment universe. We are often able to find international equities trading at a significant discount to their ASX counterparts, which offer exposure to a similar sector theme, for example tech for copper exposure, Intain for online gaming exposure and Cenevis Energy for oil exposure. In many instances, the detailed research carried out on international peers also provides the team with a more holistic industry view and helps better inform our domestic stock selection. In aggregate, our international stocks have delivered more than half of portfolio performance over the past year. Key Stock Contributors for the Quarter Index, long plus 27%, shares rallied after its AGM update where the company disclosed Q1 revenue which was well above market estimates and provided a robust outlook on exploration spending and medium-term growth. Index is the global leader in exploration drilling technology for the mining sector, with 80% of the business exposed to gold copper and iron ore. The company has spent significantly on R&D over the past five years, fully expensed through its P&L, and is now in the early stages of launching the industry's best suite of new and improved products. We expect earnings growth of more than 20% PA for many years to come. Despite the strong share price rally, we believe index remains undervalued, trading on only 10.3x consensus FY23 EV slash EBITDA. Finally, we believe Index is secure, cloud-based portal for providing access to validated field data, Index IQ, will become a major contributor to client retention, will increase product penetration per site and is being quickly adopted across the client base. Mineral Resources, long plus 25%, shares rallied strongly in December, driven by a recovery in iron ore prices and continued increases in lithium prices. We believe all key areas of the business, iron ore, lithium and mining services, have favorable medium-term tailwinds. In particular, the company expects to increase its iron ore production from around 20 MTPA to over 80 MTPA in the coming years and is in the process of restarting Wajana, one of the top three largest hard rock lithium mines in the world, at a time when the lithium market is exceptionally tight. We believe mineral resources is a very compelling investment, offering a rare combination of attractive valuation, high-quality management, supportive industry tailwinds, strong long-term earnings growth and a rock-solid balance sheet. Refer to page 9 where we have included an overview of our mineral resources investment thesis. Pelotone, short minus 59%, shares collapsed in November after announcing a large reduction in its June FY22 revenue guidance as part of its first quarter trading update. This was the second consecutive downgrade after the company's below-consensus update with its FY21 results. Pelotone is a connected exercise equipment manufacturer with a cult following in the U.S. The company has been a significant COVID-19 beneficiary with stay-at-home orders dramatically increasing the demand for at-home exercise bikes. We began shorting the company in August 2021, before the above-mentioned downgrades, when it was trading at used 110-120. Our view was that the U.S. was poised to reopen and interest in at-home fitness was diminishing. 
We saw competitors aggressively enter the market with new offerings at the same time as Peloton's new treadmill product was marred by significant product issues. We also thought Peloton's aggressive revenue recognition policies would exacerbate a potential demand slowdown, with small changes in subscriptions having a large impact on upfront revenue and profit generation. The softer demand outlook played out as we expected and the stock price collapsed, which enabled us to cover our short around $52 per share. Link, long plus 27%, rallied after it signed a binding scheme implementation deed with Dai and Durham at $5.50 per share. Link is an outsourced administrative services provider primarily to super funds, asset managers and trustees. Link also holds a 44% interest in PEXA, the primary provider of digital property settlements in Australia. The binding offer excludes the banking and credit management, BCM, business that Link is currently exploring a sale for and could result in an additional 15 cents per share in proceeds. The offer represents a premium of 27.7% to the unaffected share price, and a tilde 31.2% premium including the potential BCM proceeds and proposed interim dividend declaration. We invested in Link in the first quarter of 2021 as we thought the business was materially undervalued and had a high likelihood of being taken over given the history of both strategic and private equity interest. Whilst the strategic interest has subsequently eventuated, we believe there is potential for further upside from a counterbid as Link was in an active diligence process with the Carlyle Group at the same time as the Dai and Durham bid was formalized and has received prior non-binding offers from other private equity companies. Key stock detractors for the quarter. Qantas, long minus 12%, pulled back during the quarter due to concerns around the spread of the Omicron variant. While this is likely to delay the recovery in international travel, we believe the outlook for domestic travel continues to look solid. We believe the severe impact of the pandemic will prove to be a one-off and consumers will learn to live with COVID-19. We believe Qantas will re-emerge from the pandemic even stronger than before, given its $1 billion cost-out program, improved market position and the massive pent-up demand for leisure travel. We have long viewed Qantas as one of the world's highest quality airlines, with its dominant industry position, high growth loyalty, frequent flyer, division and outstanding management team. Flutter, long minus 20%, shares fell due to a combination of concerns around the impact of the upcoming UK gambling regulatory review and intense competition in the US sports betting and gaming market. The review of the UK Gambling Act was initiated in 2019 and has been delayed on several occasions with the proposals for reform now expected to be released in Q1 2022. We already factor in a significant earnings hit into our base case estimates for potential regulatory changes and expect that clarity on the outcome will remove a key overhang on the stock. On the US sports betting and gaming side, there were numerous comments across the industry on the ramp-up in competitive intensity and increase in acquisition costs for customers over the key NFL season. Flutter's U.S. operations, comprising FanDuel and FoxBet, are set to generate tilt of 50% more revenue in FY21 than its nearest competitor but at half the estimated EBITDA losses, Flutter incurs temporary losses due to ramp-up investment in newly opened states. As part of its FY21 results, the company outlined a blended U.S. customer acquisition cost, CAC, of $291 per customer and a payback period of 1.2x by the end of year one. This gives us confidence that despite strong competition, Flutter remains best placed to achieve profitability ahead of competitors, 
and will continue to consolidate its leading position in the U.S. sports betting market. Trading on only 22x consensus FY23 PE, we have confidence that Flutter remains significantly undervalued given the decade of strong growth the company has ahead of it. We have used the recent pullback to add to our position. Star Entertainment, long line is 18%, sold off in October after negative media coverage on anti-money laundering, AML, controls. The negative media coverage complicated a scheduled license review for the Sydney Casino that was due to conclude by year-end and will now extend to June 2022. We viewed the market reaction as excessive and used the share price fall as an opportunity to add to our position. Star had delivered a robust FY21 result with good cost control and exceptional performance from the Queensland gaming assets. Star also announced it is exploring the sale of up to 49% of its Sydney property portfolio, which has the potential to release significant capital, and had completed a sale and lease back of its treasury buildings and car park for $248 million at an attractive capitalization rate. We continue to believe the scarcity value of its casino licenses and the transformative impact of the Queen's Wharf development in Brisbane are not fully appreciated at the current valuation. While the market is very focused on the short-term risks around COVID-19 disruption and the Star Sydney license review, we believe the medium-term outlook for the company looks very attractive. Horizon, long minus 8%, shares fell in October after announcing the purchase of OneRail Australia for $2.3 billion. Horizon is Australia's largest rail freight operator, with its main asset comprising the 2,670km Central Queensland Coal Network. We initially invested in Horizon as we were attracted to its dominant rail infrastructure assets, conservative capital structure and strong dividend yield of tilde 7.5%. We were disappointed by the acquisition, given it reduces the company's dividend for the next one to two years, uses up the company's balance sheet capacity, was agreed at a premium multiple to comparable transactions and introduces substantial deal risk, with the requirement to divest the coal division, which comprises two-thirds of the acquired asset base. We exited Horizon during the quarter. Outlook, market returns likely to moderate. Alpha will become increasingly important. 2021 has been a very positive year for markets both in Australia and offshore, with the ASX 200 returning 17.2% over the year, well above the 30-year average return of tilde 11%, and the S&P 500 and Dow Jones returning 29% and 21%, respectively, both ending close to all-time highs. Over the last decade, the continued decline in interest rates and the significant easing in fiscal and monetary policy have supported a bull market that has front-loaded returns and catapulted gains in growth stocks, bonds and property. This has also resulted in a melt-up in equity indices, which has supported passive-slash-index investment performance. We believe these market tailwinds peaked in 2021 with interest rates now near zero in most developed economies and extreme fiscal and monetary stimulus starting to moderate. While our outlook for markets remains constructive in the near term, we expect index returns to moderate over the next few years as we enter a central bank tightening cycle. Accordingly, we think bottom-up stock picking will become an even more important driver of returns going forward making our in-depth, company research a key advantage. When paired with the portfolio's ability to use that stock selection on both the long and the short sides, as well as its access to international exposure, we believe we are well-positioned to capture opportunities against this market backdrop. Company Deep Dive, Mineral Resources Mineral Resources 
ASX, MIN, is a diversified mining services company that generated $3.7 billion revenue and $1.9 billion EBITDA in FY21. Mineral Resources has three key divisions operating primarily out of Western Australia Mining Services, operates crushing and processing plants on behalf of external and company-owned mines. Iron Ore, the iron ore business today is small and high cost but is in transition to becoming a low-cost producer. Lithium, has economic interests in two lithium mines and a lithium hydroxide processing facility, making it one of the world's top five lithium producers. Summary Investment Case We believe all key areas of the mineral resources business have favorable medium-term tailwinds. We see mining services volumes increasing from circa 250 million tons in FY21 through external project wins and the build and servicing of its Ashburton mine. In addition, the company expects to increase its iron ore production from around 20 MTPA to over 80 MTPA in the coming years. The Tilda Dollar 2.5B development at Ashburton will also transition the iron ore division to a lower cost, higher volume iron ore miner. The company's lithium operations are very high quality, with low-cost, long-life assets and strong joint venture partners. It is also in the process of restarting Wajana, one of the top three largest hard rock lithium mines in the world, at a time when the lithium market is exceptionally tight, given high demand from the growing electric vehicle market and from applications such as energy storage systems. We believe mineral resources is a highly compelling investment with strong upside potential in each of its key divisions, supportive industry tailwinds and a strong and experienced CEO in Chris Ellison, leading the execution. Chris Ellison has an exceptional track record of delivering returns from prior growth projects and with an 11% shareholding in the company remains well aligned with shareholders. Segment Overview Mining Services 21% of FY22F revenue and 48% of FY22F EBITDA. The mining services segment is responsible for operating 26 crushing and processing plants for both external and company-owned mines. It has long-term contracts with external blue-chip mining companies and also services its own internal projects resulting in an annuity-style revenue stream that underpins group profitability. The two key businesses within this segment are CSI Mining Services and Process Minerals International, PMI, which provide open-pit mining, crushing, processing, supply chain services, marketing and shipping, port operations and site services. Approximately 75% of revenue is generated from contracts with a tenure of over five years with further growth from a strong pipeline of new contracts over the next few years, including its own Ashburton Iron or Mine operation. The mining services operation has relatively high barriers to entry with its high-quality, sticky customer base and its leading crushing technology and operational know-how. Iron Ore, 69% of FY22F revenue and 36% of FY22F EBITDA. The Iron Ore segment consists of two 100% owned projects, Kulianabing and Iron Valley slash Wanmana, and a development at Ashburton, all located in Western Australia. In addition, we await further information from the company on its proposed Southwest Creek project. The operations at present are small and high cost, shipping circa 17 million tons in FY21 at an average cost of 81 Australian dollars per ton and 99 Australian dollars per ton, respectively. Despite this, given favorable iron ore prices in FY21, reaching over $200 per ton, the iron ore segment generated $1.5 billion EBITDA. 
Going forward, through the $2.5 billion development at Ashburton, the operations will transition to a lower-cost, higher-volume iron ore miner. Ashburton is expected to be significantly lower cost, between odd 30-35 cost per ton, and will increase iron ore volumes by circa 1.7x, an incremental 30 million tons PA. The completion of Ashburton will also help provide additional volumes to mineral resources mining services segment. Management's guidance has been that the development of Ashburton will be completed by 2024. In terms of risks, Mineral Resources needs to finalize project and joint venture contractual terms and gain outstanding regulatory approvals to formally approve the project. We will also continue to be mindful of potential cost overruns at Ashburton and of changes to the iron ore price outlook. Lithium, 10% of FY22F revenue and 16% of FY22F EBITDA. Mineral Resources' economic interests are spread across Western Australia through two lithium mines, Wajana, 40% interest, Albemarle JV, and Mount Marion, 50% interest, Gonfung JV, as well as a lithium hydroxide processing facility at Kemerton, 40% interest. Together, these will make mineral resources one of the top five lithium producers in the world. Going forward, we believe mineral resources lithium segment is very high quality, with low cost, long life assets, and strong joint venture partners. As illustrated in Figure 17, starting in early 2021 lithium prices have surged driven by very high demand with the growing electric vehicle market and increasing usage in applications such as energy storage systems. We believe there is opportunity for mineral resources lithium segment to continue to re-rate as it restarts its Wajana mine, scheduled to happen by September 30, 2022, Kemerton starts operations and the company provides greater clarity on further downstream hydroxide processing capacity. Summary Our investment in mineral resources is an example of how our commitment to detailed analysis and staying the course when the fundamentals, management team, industry structure, operating trends and balance sheet, are all strong, has benefited investors. In 2018, we held a large investment in mineral resources when the shares fell from $22 to $13 and maintained our conviction to benefit as the stock recovered to around $17 in 2019. Again, in the October 2021 sell-off, where the shares fell to $38, we added to our holding, with the shares subsequently surging to over $60 as of early January 2022.